Welcome to The Edges of Lean. I'm Bella Engelbach, and in this podcast, we explore the human and creative side of lean thinking, unusual places where lean thinking is practiced. We meet people who are practicing continuous improvement in many different flavors and styles. So come along with me on a journey to the edges of lean. Episode 18, Continuous Improvement and Improving Absolutely Everything. For many of us, the journey to learn continuous improvement involved hours of training, coaching, struggling to learn statistics, and learning Japanese words and mastering the use of multiple tools. It seems so, what should I say, complicated? My guest is Katie Lebeds, who thinks that by studying our continuous improvement journey at work, we're missing a huge opportunity to master principles and at the same time make our home lives better. And she's written a book about it. Katie Lebeds is the president of Learning to Lean, and she is a certified Lean Six Sigma Master Black Belt, project management professional, and instructor facilitator with more than 20 years of experience primarily in information technology, supply chain, operations, human resources, and project management. She's an expert in the strategic development, deployment, and sustainment of Lean Six Sigma in manufacturing and service center environments through innovative, creative, and sustainable methods. Katie is the author of How to Improve Absolutely Anything. Katie Labetz, welcome to the Edges of Lean. Thanks, Bella. I'm glad to be here. Well, it's I'm really glad that you're here, and I am very excited about your new book. And uh, I think that the folks who listen to the, this podcast will be as well, because I know that we all live in families with real with real people who are not necessarily not necessarily lean aficionados. So. Um, well, we'll get to the book in just a second, but first, Katie, can you tell us a little bit about Katie and how did you get to where you are in your career? Absolutely. So I am currently uh, the owner of uh, Lean, Learning to Lean, so a lean consulting company, and I started my career, believe it or not, in IT. So <laughs> uh, I went to school for IT and management information systems. And I actually talk about this in the book. Uh, one day I had uh, two of my bosses. So our plant manager and my materials manager at the time tapped me on the shoulder and they said, we think you should take this green belt course. And I looked it over and I said, you know what? I've done enough math going into IT. You have to do so much math. I said, I'm not really interested. And they persisted and that changed the trajectory of my life. Uh, so I went from green belt uh, onto obviously black belt and then onto master black belt. So uh, that's, uh, that's my story. And in, so in IT, were you doing programming? Were you, what, kind of, what were you doing in IT? Uh, I'm glad you asked that question too. So obviously not everybody that is in IT does programming and I'm one of them. I've mm-hmm. never written a line of code in my life. 
So when I was in IT, I was a business analyst and I helped with uh, materials, supply chain, uh, HR information. And um, I know, like I said, I never wrote a, a line of code in my life. So it was more data analysis. So nowadays we would talk about it like a data scientist, data analytics. Um, so that that's what I was focusing on and then moved into project management of those type of uh, activities also. And when you're doing that, right, when you're doing project management of, of IT and IT implementations and IT work, that's when you start to see all the, I guess, you know, the waste that's invisible waste, right? You see that's, that's true. Like, Absolutely. So I was a manager of IT projects. I was actually in charge of all of the supply chain IT projects for a global company. And it does, it brings to light like many questions, many days where, why were we doing it like this? <laughs> there, has, there has to be a better way. So you have written a book and it is not for necessarily the lean professional, right? It's for everybody else. So, so tell us about the book. Sure. My book is called How to Improve Absolutely Anything. And it talks about continuous improvement in your home, your office, and your life. And I've had the ability and privilege to be able to speak at conferences. I work with clients all the time. And the way that I try to help them learn, and I truly believe is the most important, is learning how you can apply these concepts at home first and then be able to apply those concepts at work. So if you figure it out at home, you can absolutely apply it at work too. Wow, that, you know, that's a very interesting, I think, different perspective, because um, a lot of people, you know, learn this stuff at work and then take it home and they're not always successful because family members don't always appreciate <laughs> the, the, the uh, impromptu consulting. So I, well, I, I read, I was reading um, in your book and you start out with this uh, really, um, I, I would say, um, almost vulnerable story about you you tell about a really hard day in mm -hmm. your life and what that brought you to and I was wondering if you wouldn't mind just reading a little bit of that sure um, absolutely uh, so it was about uh, a day not too long ago and it's talking about uh, keyless on a snowy morning and I'll just read you a, a few sentences on here um, sometimes the aha moments arrive quietly and conveniently. And sometimes they leave you locked inside your car that you can't turn off. <laughs> uh, oh boy, my aha moment came on a snowy morning in Wisconsin as I rushed to get to work on time for the Thursday morning meeting. Who schedules meetings at 7.30 a.m. every Thursday anyway? I scrolled through my mental checklist, laptop check, bag check, water check, coffee check, purse check, my husband, Andrew, God bless him, got me all set up and ready to go. He even told me how I looked beautiful. I'm so blessed to have a great hubby like that. And the chapter goes on to talk about the fact that somehow I was able to drive all the way to work without my car keys. Uh, I have a vehicle that is just a push button start. And somehow it allowed me to uh, leave the house and in the perimeter of uh, where we have our keys, get all the way to work, only to realize that I couldn't shut off my truck. <laughs> so that's uh, walking through that process and 
it's, it is a vulnerable uh, situation, right? So I am a leader in the organization and I can't get to my meeting and I'm trying to call in as I'm trying to multitask and call my husband to ask him to come bring me my keys um, and all the, the shenanigans that go on <laughs> while I'm trying to be able to, to do my job and also um, rectify a situation that I should know better, right? There's got to be a better process for that. And we did implement, uh, the two of us implemented a better process for that moving forward, which was as soon as he he uh, starts my truck in the morning for me to go to work, he attaches my keys to my purse and puts it in the truck. And uh, we eliminate that opportunity for defect. <laughs> that's, that's great. That's great. And, and so that also required communication between you and Andy. So one of the things that's interesting to me about this story, Katie, is that it's also, it's, you know, it's about your relationship, right? And um, like a work situation, there is opportunity there for blame. So, you know, you've, you and Andrew have solved that problem. Right. And you've, you've put something in place, but I can see, um, you know, other couples perhaps looking at that situation and one person in the couple blaming the other person in the couple, you know, you did this, you did that. Um, and just like in a professional situation, you don't necessarily get anywhere by going through that blame. It's when you look at it as, as all right, well, something happened. Let's figure out what happened and let's solve the problem. Right. Um, and, and we talk about this all the time when, and actually when I was teaching yesterday, one of the things that I always mention to, to groups of people is it's the process that's broken, not the person. So the blame game doesn't get you anywhere. It's going back and reviewing. And that's, you know, honestly what we did. And, and keep in mind, I don't sit here and tell my husband, we're going to review the process or let's do PDCA together, right? <laughs> uh, it's like undercover continuous improvement. It's saying, okay, let's go back and figure out how we can prevent that from happening again. And, you know, that's exactly what we did. But again, that's, that's a common line that you'll hear me say during training or speeches, the process is broken, right, wrong, or indifferent. And it's the process that somebody's following in their head uh, that's, that's broken. And it's not the person's fault. Um, that doesn't get you anywhere. That just gets people upset. Yeah. Yeah. So you, um, you, this was a big aha moment for you. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so what, what happened after that in terms of thinking about, continuous improvement outside of work? Uh, so what we try to do is implement continuous improvement, you know, every day at home, right? And we have, um, we're very blessed and we have three horses and, you know, we think about, uh, you know, how do you make this easier on us every day, right? There's different ways to be able to handle horses in that situation. So if you're a lover of animals, uh, you understand like you have a process to feed your, your animals every day. And how can you make that more efficient? Uh, and how can you make just your life more efficient in general? Uh, if you're an owner of a small business, you understand that you have to do the books or you have to work with somebody that does the books for you. There's a process to that. And mm -hmm. many people, and I was just talking to somebody the other day, they said, I hate that. I hate that process. And that's one of the things that I talk about in the book too, is start with something that bugs you the most. What really just gets under your skin that you just can't stand uh, having to do, or you're thinking, oh my gosh, it's Friday and I have to either run this report or I have to uh, reconcile, you know, all of my expenses. 
start with your continuous improvement efforts there and try to make that better and then move on to the next thing. And for, for me, uh, being a small business owner, you know, doing the books is not my favorite thing. And I utilize technology to help with that, right? So you, I have QuickBooks, I have QuickBooks on my phone. If I get a receipt, I snap it right away. And then that anxiety of wondering, did I have all that? Did I record that is gone because I've made this process way more efficient. And that, I think that's very important too, isn't it? That, you know, being able to use technology. Um, and that's one of the things, you know, so from a classic lean or Six Sigma perspective, I think people have been um, sometimes reluctant to accept, right? But, you know, if, right. It, if, it's, if it's on paper, it's better. Well, that's probably not necessarily the case. And, um, you know, with your IT background, you can, you can see that very clearly, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So, as, as I started to read your book, the thing that really struck me about it, um, you know, is that, you know, it's a book for people who don't know anything about lean or continuous improvement. But as I was reading it, I, that first story, actually, you know, I've lived that, maybe not the key fob. <laughs> well, actually, we did leave a key fob in a car once and, and I, I, we took a key fob out of the car and gave it to a uh, parking valet and then he couldn't bring um, well, we we kept the key fob, and he went off with the car that was still running. Oh, okay, there you go. He couldn't bring back <laughs> to us, right? Um, so yeah, so yeah, we don't do that anymore. But um, but one of the things that I always say to people is, you know, I'm a lean fraud, um, and you know, I'm not afraid to say this on the air because I think people who know me, yeah, you know, know that um, that there are, you know, there are big pieces of my life that are that are, you know, disorganized, but you know. We, we buy too much stuff. We, we create too much waste. Sure. Um, and, um, you know, I think, I think the idea of, of like continuously improving everything is fantastic, right? It's, it's a really, it's a really great idea because once you start to do that, Katie, then what happens to the rest of your life? Right. It's, it, it's just drastic improvements. And, and, you know, this book is for everybody, right? It's for people that have some knowledge of continuous improvement and those folks that have no knowledge of it. And they don't know that that label was attached to it. And in the book, I talk about, you know, many times, and I'm sure you've heard it too. People say, I'm not organized. I can't do this. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I talk about in the book is, I ask everybody, you know, do you have a utensil drawer organizer? You know, one slot for spoons, forks, and knives, and, you know, 99.9% .9 of the people say yes. And even if you use plasticware, that's still separated. So if you can do that, and you've done that since you were a child all the way to adulthood, you can do the concepts that I talk about in the book. It's not rocket science. You don't have to become a master black belt to be able to do this by any means. Your kids can do this, right? Uh, uh, and, you know, it's it's very easy. And, and it, it's also a different perspective for you to try to implement it at home first, right? And so that you can use those lessons learned and even that muscle memory from doing it at home to be able to apply it at work. Yeah. 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 So what, you know, I think cooking is a great example, right? And you, you talk about the kitchen mm -hmm. and uh, utensils and, you know, where you keep the utensils and, right. and, and things like that. Um, where would you start if you were, if you were working with somebody completely, um, you know, starting with this for the first time, you, you said, you know, start with something that bugs you. Is there a particular place though, that you have found that is, you know, helpful for people uh to start? 
So most people uh, sometimes struggle with how to manage, you know, what's going on in their life, right? What's going on for themselves for work, what's going on themselves with themselves for personal with their kids. Uh, One of the easy tools that you can use that requires really nothing except for some post-it notes or an area to to write is like a Kanban board. Uh, So having a Kanban board that's kind of managing, um, you know, what's going on, what's in queue, what, when does it need to be done or it's done? I talk about, you know, everybody right now has been, we've been through a lot the past year. And one thing that I hear frequently is people trying to manage their kids' homework, right? So they don't necessarily have the same type of visibility or the visibility is different now. So kids using a, a, an easy Kanban board to say, you know, this is what I need to work on this week, you know, and, and I'm working on it now, or I've completed it. So you can verify um, and, and watch the progress of that. And when I was a little kid, my mom did the, uh, the little calendar. I don't know if everybody remembers, but my mom did it. She, she made a little paper calendar and I got a black mark if I wasn't good that day and a star if I was better. <laughs> so <laughs> I may or may not have had a lot of black marks, but uh, <laughs> it's the same type of concept, right? That was your own personal foot. Your, my first metrics board. Yeah, that's right. My first. Oh, I love that. My first metrics board. Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, it's just it's things like that. It's if you have children, it's trying to manage that. Um, I worked with a client too that she was really struggling on um, how to manage her workload at work. Um, she had to use two different systems uh, to manage her clients, and uh, none, none of these systems integrated with her Outlook. So most of us Ooh. live by our calendar, and this was really hard for her. And what we ended up doing. I literally talked to her for an hour. We grabbed some post-it notes. She started, you know, one type of client got one color post-it note. The other type of client got a different color. She put that on her wall for her schedule at the end of the day for the next day. And then she was able to take them off her wall as she did the reports on that particular client after she finished talking to them. Changed her life. It absolutely changed. She was going to lose her job. So this changed her life. So, right. Yeah. Making things visible is so, is so important. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So when you, when you, um, imagine someone picking up the book, um, I think I I love your style, by the way, it's so friendly and, and, and easy to read. Um, uh, and you, you talk about, about people having had already, you know, perhaps read the Marie Kondo's and all of that. What are you offering people that is, that is, um, you know, in addition or um, an enhancement on what on what's already out there in terms of how to get organized. <laughs> right. So it's actually using some tools and concepts that that we know in the in the lean and continuous improvement world. Right. So mm-hmm. it's not just how to organize your sock drawer. Right. It's it's saying these are the concepts. This is what these concepts are called. And this is how to use them, because maybe you heard of them at work. Maybe somebody, you heard some rustling around and you heard somebody say visual management, or you heard somebody say SIPOC and you just were like, oh, that's another group. That's another team. I don't know what they're talking about. I don't have to worry about it. (laughs) I don't have to worry about it. You know, a little bit of blinders on and, you know these are all things that you can use every day, right? In the way that, you know, I wrote the book, I tell people it's the voice in my head, right? 
So it's the, it, this is the voice in my head. You're, you're reading the voice in my head and this is how I kind of talk to myself. And, and I wrote the book because so many people came to me and would ask, what book would you recommend? I want to learn more about this, but I don't want a textbook and I need something more than, you know, going online and Googling it. Right. They needed something more than that. And they need it to that, having it spoke to them in real language, like everyday language. And that's why I wrote the book is because, um, honestly, I, I kept thinking to myself, I don't, I don't want to really recommend, there's not one book I can recommend people to read because this one's written like a textbook and this one's preparing you to take a belt exam. And mm-hmm. this one's not quite there. Uh, this one's really boring with some bad examples. <laughs> so that's why I wrote the book is just to make it, make it accessible for everybody. And, you know, it's a quick read. It's not, you know, thousands of pages long. And the concept is that you're going to, you're going to be able to read the book and go do it right now, read that chapter and you can go and implement these things uh, right now. That's great. That's great. You know, I think, you know, I have a lot of favorite lean books and, but I'm thinking, I can't think of a single one that I would, that I could recommend to somebody who hasn't, uh, who doesn't know anything about lean. And um, I mean, I even had this situation with, with my book, which I think is a pretty good book. Uh, You know, that my family read it and some of them said, I have no idea what you're talking about. Right. Right. Um, And, and uh, that's, and that's what I want to address, right. Is, um, you know, I know, and I'm sure you do too, Bella, we, we both know when we start uh, getting on a topic and we, and we start speaking from how we've learned. Right. Mm -hmm. And I can go down and talk to you about statistical process control and control charts, and then they glaze over. (laughs) We've lost them. We have lost them. So, um, you know, even that topic, the way that I teach it in class is, well, if we're talking about control charts, I'm talking about an EKG. Let's talk about it. What's a control chart? If you've seen an EKG, for gosh sakes, if you watch Grey's Anatomy or had one done yourself, you know what these look like, right? So it's just making it more real, more attainable and, and more realistic um, and relatable for folks. And, you know, in a way that anybody can be able to, to use it. And, uh, you know, I have many people that are interested in, in getting or uh, continuing to develop their career, right? And they're looking mm-hmm. for a yellow belt or going for a green belt. And again, same situation. Uh, if you've asked me, you know, how, what does your training look like? My training is a compilation of everything, probably every book I've ever read on this, plus the training I received and my own feedback on it. So that's why I wanted to be able to write this, this book to be able to say, go read this um, because it's going to make a little bit more sense for you. Right. So can you hold that up? So the I can hold it up. Folks who are watching this on YouTube can see this. So, so how to improve absolutely anything, a continuous improvement in your home, office, and family life by Katie Labette. And was it available, Katie? Uh, it is available. Uh, it will officially launch on Friday. So March 26th, it will be available in uh, print copy, in ebook also. And uh, it's, it's on Amazon. That's terrific. That's terrific. And if people wanted to connect with you, Katie, and, and, and learn more about this, um, how would they do that? 
Sure. They can go to howtoimproveabsolutelyanything.com and you'll be able to see my contact information there. You'll also see a special uh, special pricing for our book here uh, that will also allow you to get an autographed copy from me. So that's also available on the website too. That's great. That's, that's terrific. Wow. Wow. So um, uh, as the book was being written, what did you learn about lean and continuous improvement as you were writing? I learned that, you know, I have to continuously improve the way that I explain it to folks, right? And I'm blessed with a fantastic editor, fantastic writing coach. Her name is Trisha Lott Williford. And that was a big test for me, right? To be able to see if I am explaining it in a way that somebody that has had zero exposure to lean and continuous improvement, if she could understand it. And it's exciting when you hear from somebody like that, or even from our copyright editor that came back and said, I started to do five S in my work area or on my desk. So that was really exciting. That was my litmus test too, right? So did this book make any sense to them? And probably the best thing I heard and the most encouraging words I heard as I was writing it was um, that, you know, the feedback was I would buy this book. That's great. That right? is that's, that's really good feedback. Yeah. Right. That's the feedback that you want to hear. And especially for somebody that has had, like I said, no exposure. Uh, they're, you know, they're an author. Mm-hmm. They, they've had different experiences in their life. And they're like, wow, this this really does make sense. Isn't it true too that 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 people often are doing something like this, but they don't they don't know what to call it. I mean, right. so you know, you know, you know, people who uh, you know, we have um like, like I said, we're, you know, we're lead frauds, but we, we have a big link, a big calendar. Uh, as my husband said, if it's not on the calendar, it doesn't happen. And, you know, it, it gets <laughs> updated all the time. Um, uh, you know, we have, we have a place for this and a place, a place for that. Um, so a lot of people are doing this stuff and but perhaps they're not aware of how much further they could take it, of, you know, what they could, um, you know, uh, what, you know, where they could go with it in terms of, of just improving their lives. Right. And part of it really is getting out of your head and, and getting past that. I'm not an organized person, or, you know, this is not something, this is something they talk about at work, especially when you hear, this is something they talk about in manufacturing. And Mm -hmm. I am the, I am the proponent of this can be used in non-manufacturing. And if you're starting your journey at work, so if we're talking about work and you're wondering where to start your lean and continuous improvement journey, start it in non-manufacturing, you're going to get uh, greater returns. The only difference is in manufacturing, you can walk down that manufacturing line and see the changes, but you can't walk down the aisle in the finance department or the HR department or the IT department and see those changes right away because they're on the backside of things, right? They're a system change or they're a report change, or it's eliminating some non-value-added work. Actually, I think that you can see it. And I think you can see it when you start to see people uh, leave work at the end of the day. Oh, that's true. Right? And not, not <laughs> take work home with them. You know, when you start to see people cutting back on the overnight emails, um, you know, when you see fewer piles, you know, obviously so many people working from home, but, right. you know, when you see fewer piles of paper and when people have time to get their work done, I think, I think you can see, you just have, you have to look at it. Look for it in a a different way. 
Absolutely. And that's uh, when I worked with an organization to uh, help their IT department become lean and continuous improvement. And I said, you just have to sit back and listen. So, you know, one day I heard somebody on the phone and they said, "Uh, can you help me to understand what problem you're trying to solve and what data do you have to support the problem? I was like, yes, yes, we're there. We got it. You know, it's just that little uh, inkling, a little Mm -hmm. spark, right? The sparks are happening all over, but you have to, I just happened to be at the right place at the right time to hear this person say that on the phone. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's working. Um, So that's exciting too. Right. You you start to see people become problem solvers and be, be, uh, yeah, be comfortable, be happy, be happy with the idea that there are problems to solve. Right. And it's not just problem solvers, it's problem preventers too, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we need people to head those things off at the pass and say, oh my gosh, if we do this, it's going to negatively impact something downstream, or did we think about this area? Um, you know, and, and that's at home too, right? So you may come up with a great process at home, uh, and you may forget about those downstream folks that you could impact. Um, so you may have a, a new pickup process. If your kids are going to school physically, you may say, this is more efficient way to, to pick up the kids, and you forget to tell the school. Um, they get a little angry about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right. Um, or you even forget to tell your kids that, you know, uh, they're going home with Mrs. Smith instead of me coming to pick you up on, on Thursdays. So uh, those are all things that you need to make sure, you know, communication is key with all of this. You know, why are we doing this? How is it going to benefit you? And still, right, we all know with them what's in it for me. So mm-hmm. we have to be able to address that too. Right. And, and it's thinking a little further than just the individual act, thinking to the process, mm-hmm. which is a way that a lot of people don't necessarily understand right away. And then from the process to the system. Right. So, right. You know, yeah. Yeah. So that is a very cool idea to be able to say to somebody, well, if you're learning this at work, try it out at home. And it's not scary to try right. it, try it out at home. Right. And it's not, I mean, if you can do this at home, then you know that this isn't about um, changing headcount or reducing jobs or anything like that. And that's the misnomer many people have. So um, obviously, if you do this at home, that's that's not changing anything like that. So right. it's the same at work. It's to make you more efficient. So you have more time to do more value-added work. And at home, you know, I think sometimes we don't think that self-care, um, you know, whether you're, you're exercising or meditation or going for a walk, we don't think that's value add, but it, it's more value add probably than anything mm-hmm. else. So it's putting these things in place from the book so that you can have more time for personal development, self-development, or even just a quiet moment in a room, you know, drinking a cup of coffee. Um, you know, it's, it's things like that too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it also seems to me that it probably helps with thinking about a household. And and, and I think we're all interested now in sustainability and what can we do to help the planet? So how -hmm. could applying this at home help us live a greener life? Absolutely. So you're, you're looking at these concepts and you're figuring out how to eliminate waste, right? And we talk about waste in the book, um, the wastes that I recommend or the way I, I remember it and, and talk about it in the book is downtime, right? So we have the acronym downtime for waste. And, you know, when we think about waste, 
normally when you say to somebody, you know, what, how much waste is in there? They're thinking, how big is my garbage can? Right. Uh Uh, And it's not just about that, you know, but it is also that too. So, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's part of it, right. It's part of thinking about, you know, you can apply all the eight ways to home defects, you know, could be, you've got mystery fruit or vegetables in your refrigerator, (laughs) right. That, That have some sort of defect or have expired. And, you know, that's something that we've worked on too. Like, how do we make sure that we buy just enough so that we'll be able to not throw food away? How do you make sure that, and, you know, we talk about this in the book too, how do you make sure you make spaghetti for two and not for your entire neighborhood, right? We don't need that waste of over-processing, right? That's, that's important to remember also. And then, you know, you mentioned it before, Bella, is talking about visual management. If you want to have a way to be able to recycle or reuse in your house, then you need to make it easier and apparent to everybody. So your family knows that, you know, the blue bin is for recycle or, you know, the black bin is strictly for garbage and, you know, make those things visual, whether you have a, a, you know, you don't, Mm -hmm. and the other part of this is you don't have to go buy things, right? Everything that I talk about in the book is something you probably have at home already. So if you don't have two color, different color garbage bins, then just write on it with a piece of paper and stick it on there. Right. So I love the container store just as much as anybody else does. And But reality is you can do all these concepts at home with what you have, or I'm a huge proponent of going to a thrift store like Goodwill or any of the other thrift stores in your area, or go to the dollar store. You can't believe how many times I have gone to the dollar store for things um, that we need and, and walk out with being able to completely reorganize an area for less than $20. So you you don't need to have a fabulously expensive closet organizing system. No, absolutely not. Um, And one of the things that I've done in my closet, um, because I do ride horses, I have, you know, I have pants, I have riding pants that I, that I wear. And when you open a closet door and you see the sea of blue and black for pants, it's hard to distinguish what's what. So I took, I, we had some pink labels and I just took the pink labels and I folded them over the hangers. So when I, for my riding pants. So when I walk in, I can see everything that had like a pink label folded over on top of it were my riding pants. Oh, that's handy. That, yeah. And I get that prevents going to work and riding pants accidentally. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you don't want to do that. I you don't, you know, that. Unless, unless you work in the stable, in which case, that's right. in which case it's the right thing to do. Wow. So what's your, what's your, um, your thought about what you're doing next, Katie? Oh, the thought about what I'm doing next, uh, besides being able to promote the book, um, I am being able, or have been invited again, very blessed to be invited to uh, many conferences that are coming up. Um, I actually speaking for the ASQ world conference in May. So I'm so so excited about that. I'm going to talk about uh, lean innovators group, how to create a lean innovators group to help spread the good news about lean and continuous improvement in your organization. And uh, I'm thinking about another book. So that's great. All right. Well, let us know when that absolutely ready to be talked about. Kitty, thinking, thinking about everything you've learned and what you're doing now, what would be your advice for a young person starting in their career? Be curious. 
Be curious. Be curious. Uh, you know, if, if an opportunity is presented to you, say yes. Um, there, there's no, there's no bad experiences. You're all you're going to do is learn something. So you're going to either learn that you really like that. And that was a great experience and you want to do it again, or thank you. That was a, a life experience. And I really don't want to ever do that again, which is fine. Right. Uh-huh. But be curious, you know, just like, and sometimes you have to uh, quiet down that inner voice or the voice that actually comes out like the voice that I had come out to say, <laughs> no, I don't really want to do green belt. And it was because of those, those two gentlemen that um, saw something in me that I did not see in myself. I think that's very insightful too, is sometimes people are going to see something in you that you haven't seen in yourself. Right. And and sometimes you have to you have to take that chance, be curious, and 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 go and go for it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you, Katie. And can you tell us about your book one more time? Sure. My book is called "How to Improve Absolutely Anything: Continuous Improvement for Your Work, Home, and Family Life." It's by Katie Lebeds. You can see it on Amazon. You can buy it uh, paperback version, or you can buy the ebook. And you can also go to my website for the book, how to improve absolutely anything.com for special deals on the book and to wow. get in contact with me. All right. Thanks, Katie. It has been so much fun talking to you. Thanks, Bella. I greatly appreciate it. This is Bella Engelbrecht, and I'd like to thank Katie LeBeds for being my guest on the edges of lean. How are you practicing continuous improvement outside of work? And hey, no matter where you listen, your ratings, reviews, and comments on the Edges of Lean are greatly appreciated. I really want to hear from you. Please join me in exploring more of the Edges of Lean. There's a lot to learn. And check out my friends in the Lean Communicators community at leancommunicators.com. You'll find more podcasts and videos with lots of great new content every week. The Edges of Lean is written and produced by Bella Engelbach. This is a Lean for Humans production.